All right, so I just happen to have my mic equipment set up here in my bedroom. Uh, something I was doing for work. Speaking of that, I think I just peaked. I'm going to turn down the mic a little bit. Um, yeah, so I, I had my equipment set up, uh, doing some voiceover narration for a couple different projects for work today. And I thought, you know what? I've wanted to do this blog for a while. Why not see how it sounds as like a, you know, extemporaneous podcast? I don't know. I personally often find podcasts, um, they feel kind of like a waste of time to me. There are exceptions. I've really enjoyed some podcast episodes, but unlike most people today, for some reason, I have not gotten into um, any podcast really religiously. I'm a huge uh, audiobook fanatic. I love audible.com and I, I've been using them for like, you know, 10, 12 years. And maybe they spoiled me because, you know, an audiobook is so uh, well curated. You know, it, it's a book. So they, it's very well sourced, well curated typically. And then, you know, the. It's, it's not it's not like off the cuff but I think there is a really good argument for for podcast and that is the the conversational aspect right two people interviewing each other and those tend to be the most popular podcasts like Joe Rogan for example and you know you can you just sort of it's very human to experience the dynamic of a conversation so maybe I'll be able to interview people on here but for now like I said I just randomly decided to do this I'm gonna introduce the idea of this podcast so I am an instructional designer working at a big tech company. Uh, I live in Denver, Colorado, and I'm also in a master's degree program uh, for communication management with an emphasis on learning and development. So really, um, you know, uh, invested in the LND field, learning and development, or TND, as some people say, training and development, and only have been for a few years. And so one, one thing I wanted to do is to reach out to people that don't know about this, you know, this uh, career path because I didn't a few years ago. I was, you know, into film production and, you know, more uh, traditionally creative work. So I thought, you know, anything to do with business was boring. <laughs> and in reality, it just means statistically more opportunity, right? There are a lot more jobs in the business world. And um, very unfortunately, uh, mainstream media, unless you are connected and you have some in personally with people that work in the business world, often you just kind of think of it like that opening scene of The Matrix where Neo is in you know, this horrible cubicle where the the coloring is all very green and gross feeling and here's mr anderson actually that's not that's not his work but it that's the same vibe you know what i mean it's just or, or office space for example like yeah about that i'm gonna need that report and it's just that's just kind of the vibe of like cubicle corporate life and that has not been my experience at all i mean i have definitely experienced the banality of corporate bureaucracy which just sucks sometimes and it's it can be in mild doses soul crushing which sounds extreme but it's not nearly as extreme as you know quote unquote the media tends to portray it i really think um by and large the uh autonomy that i have the creativity that i get to you know uh to use is pretty crazy and then the pay and the benefits are way better than anywhere else i've ever worked and so the job is better too like i mean i have had dreams of having a job where i just do what i want but that's just preposterously unrealistic. Even when I did freelance, it really sucks compared to this. Like I really like having a steady corporate gig and it's not, you know, uh, cubicle slavery by any means. So I just, that's one thing I wanted to talk about is for people, you know, especially people like me who grew up in a more, you know, sort of working class scenario and don't understand all the opportunities that exist within businesses. Um, and that you don't just have to like, 
study finance or something. I know that's for some people that's very basic and they're like, well, duh. But a lot of people go to school and think that they don't want to study anything within business because they don't think that it's relevant to them um, because they, you know, feel like they want to be expressive or something. There are a lot of things within business, like an instructional designer, for example, where you can, you know, be expressive um, and get to exercise some autonomy and creativity in a world where those roles are rapidly diminishing. So that's pretty cool. Secondly, I'm going through this master's program and I'm learning a shit ton about learning and development. And I feel like I wanted to process that very verbal processor and it helps to talk about it. Um, and also I feel like as I process it out and talk about it, I can speak more honestly. That's one thing about, you know, corporate life that kind of does suck is that people tend to be afraid of talking. Like they just get more and more vague as time goes on. It seems as they work there for longer because they are trying to avoid, you know, saying anything that is um, offensive, which that's good. That's very important. But they're also trying to avoid getting in trouble for random reasons, like with, you know, legal for this and that and the other. And so they, they really stopped saying things like, and everything, even in their presentations becomes very vague. And I mean, I've been in hour long presentations where I get at the end and I'm like, I have no idea what this is about. And I paid attention too. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's happening here. It's just these really high level abstractions, like all the time, because people can't just say stuff like, you know, um, like, uh, yeah, we, you know, this is what we do. We, you know, we, we, uh, we make stuff for these clients. They would have to say something like we execute and deliver upon our expectations for our customers. And you're like, wait, wait, what? Like you just to rewind for a second and be like, I don't, and that that's constant. That's pretty constant. So this is also a place, as you can tell, I guess, for me to rant about what I'm learning in LND and how that does and does not apply in, you know, my career experience so far. Um, and then also to, you know, to find a way to network with fellow learning and development professionals, training and development professionals, and just, you know, talk about um, how best to do our jobs. Because it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool gig. I'm not going to lie. I I feel like I, I really lucked out. I thought I was going to be a professor, a psychology professor for many years, and got into the research, the thick of it. And I was like, oh, actually, this sucks. So... <laughs> But I still wanted to teach, and then I tried to teach, you know, high schoolers, and I was like, this also sucks. I was like, okay, I will try to teach adults. Thankfully, that does not suck. Uh, occasionally it does, but usually it's actually pretty great. So I feel like I really lucked out and uh, want to help others to find this job and those that are already doing it to do it better, um, kind of in a collaborative, you know, sense. Um, and then the last thing is I kind of want to expand the definition um, and, and have, have a conversation about that of learning and development. And this has already happened. Some people want to define it now as learning experience design, um, which I think is really cool. Um, I think that, and we'll probably talk about that in another episode. Um, but <laughs> look at me. I'm just, I just started recording. I'm already talking about episodes. I must really like talking. Can you tell? Um, but no, I think different definitions of learning and development and training, um, this is really huge right now. Things are changing a lot and how people approach this topic and they realize that it's very, very um, encompassing. And some of these things are, um, you know, traditionally related to your jobs, like how to, how to present better. And you can be taught that. Well, I personally think that we're always presenting to each other all the time. You hop on a Zoom call or a WebEx and you're sharing your screen, um, especially now with COVID, this is happening all the time. Um, 
and people are horrible presenters. And what's so tragic about this is that human beings have very naturally good storytelling abilities. And so before you start sharing out your screen, you hear people just kind of shooting the shit about their day and what they've been up to. People are very engaging. They'll tell you a story. They'll be like, like, oh my gosh, yeah, I went to the supermarket and there were lines out the door because of COVID. And you know, you're there. You're thinking about that. You can picture that in your head because you're a natural story receiver. They're a natural storyteller. They start sharing their screen. They start presenting a PowerPoint presentation with a thousand words on every slide. <laughs> and you're just like checked out. You're done um, instantly, right? And this very good storyteller turned into the most boring human alive somehow. And you are now stuck in this meeting for an hour. And this is like life, you know, for a lot of people. <laughs> and that's, I think that's horrible. I think every single member of any organization should be trained, um, especially higher ups, because they're usually the ones making decisions about what presentations look like. But everybody should be trained in presentation design. Um, and in just basic instructional design best practices that kind of reteach you how to be a good storyteller and how to use the natural storytelling abilities that you have in a technology context and, and kind of unlearn those PowerPoint habits that we've all learned um, where we rely on bullet points and we become less and less interesting with every bullet point, you know, like these are, this is stuff that I would love to talk about. And then the other way that I'd like to talk about how LND is growing, not just that it encompasses everybody in an organization and that everybody should be trained in how to present and how to communicate better because we're constantly training each other, um, but also that learning and development goes into personal development. And LinkedIn Learning has really figured this out in a lot of ways. They have courses on very, very soft skills, right? Like resilience, but these very soft skills have a very uh, definite payoff. And a lot of you know executives are saying the number one thing I'm looking for in people is soft skills. So these 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 skills, they really veer into even more personal development territory than even LinkedIn Learning and other courses like this are yet going. I think that certain things like meditation, mindfulness are absolutely essential for, you know, people in the modern workforce. I think that we are inundated with attention problems. Uh, I know I, for one, am. And the only relief that I get is through mindfulness practices. That's the only way that I can kind of recalibrate and not be totally fucking nuts, right? <laughs> and totally, like, you know, out of my mind uh, with my attention frazzlement, if that's a word. I don't think it is. Um, you know, and I'll talk about that too. There are a lot of good books about how this has happened. One is called The Shallows by Nicholas Carr. Um, and I think that we are very, you know, we have a lot of issues regarding attention. And so uh, mindfulness is great. But also other, other things that we could learn about and bring into the traditional category of learning and development, like book groups and literature, like, and stuff that gets, you know, deeper and even more spiritual, like, um, my, uh, partner and I and our friends are rereading the Harry Potter books right now. And we're also listening to this podcast called Harry Potter and the sacred text. And it treats Harry Potter as if it was like a, an ancient scripture. And, uh, you know, they're not serious about it, but they're saying like, they're, they're serious in terms of the engagement though. They're like, what if Harry Potter was like a sacred text? How would we read it? And it just gives them an excuse to read Harry Potter some more because it's awesome. But like, they dig into it and they look at it from these, you know, very cool, traditionally religious angles, but they're not religious. I think things like that are fascinating. And, you know, reading literature, like I read Little Women recently and found it just amazing and profound. And I think that that changes who you are as a person. And if an organization is invested in, in you as a culturally competent and, you know, culturally engaged person, um, and someone whose, you know, empathy and critical thinking are always growing, then they need to be invested in these very soft skills and these, you know, um, these aspects of personal development. Development. So, all right, we're at 11 minutes, so this was my test. 
who knows if I'll keep this, but I just, of course, talked for 11 minutes with no problem, so I don't know, maybe I'll post this.